welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Uh, we're very excited to have someone who's become a digital friend of mine. I haven't actually met face-to-face yet, uh, Mr. Matt Henry. Uh, he is the Executive Director of Skyline Camp, or Camp Skyline. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, Michael. Hi, Alex. Uh, it's nice to be here with you, and uh, uh, I'm glad to, glad to join you. Uh, like most things, it's by Zoom uh, <laughs> in our yeah. life. So, uh, as you were saying, Michael, I'm, I'm the director of Camp Skyline, uh, formerly uh, known as Camp uh, Skyline Camp and Retreat Center. We are just north of the Detroit metropolitan area. Uh, you'll hear in my voice a, a hint of an accent. I come from Australia originally, and I came over uh, in the 90s to work uh, at this particular camp, not by design, just by, by happenstance, and uh, did that for several summers, met a girl, got stuck here. Uh, have been back and forward a few times, but uh, have uh, for a long time now been a dual citizen of Australia and the U.S. And since 2011, have uh, have been here in Michigan uh, directing Camp Skyline. So we have my my wife and I have been married 21 ish years, I suppose, and uh, we have two daughters, 15 and 13. That's uh, that's kind of where we are. So we're really just taking a. a, a a different view here with the podcast and, and the viewers kind of hear a little spiel at the beginning, but we're just want to jump right in to ask some questions. So I think the first one is, and it's kind of an open-ended question, Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I, uh, I'm typically someone who is able to sit on the fence and see, uh, you know, both sides of, of problems and not necessarily have to commit to one uh, in order to be able to think it through a little bit. So, uh, you know, the fence sitting at this particular juncture in the life of a camp director is, is pretty intense because we're getting to that point of needing to make decisions that are going to impact our own lives, uh, the vitality and viability in many cases of our, of our organizations. You know, it'll impact recreation choices and um, important program choices for the campers in our lives. And of course, it'll affect the employment uh, of, of a lot of people as well. So I feel, uh, I feel okay, you know, compared to, uh, compared to friends of mine who are, you know, frontline in, uh, in the health professions, uh, there's a, a lack of urgency for, for what, we, what we have. Uh, to do we have uh, big decisions to make but they're not life and death and they're not uh, they're not minute by minute so I feel I feel like I wish I could help more in in some other way but uh, uh, you know we're doing what we can uh, with what we have where we are it seems like a an awful lot of leadership opportunity within this crisis and um, I, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, trust is a foundation of leadership. And, and you've talked about, you know, the people that you're responsible to, whether it's your family, uh, those employees that you're working with, the kids that you serve. Um, uh, can you speak to uh, how that's going? I have, are, are you learning anything about yourself that you didn't know? Interesting question. Uh, I think uh, I've always thought of myself as uh, a consensus builder. I prefer to move forward 
with decisions uh, having built consensus. And the different stakeholders in the decisions ahead of us right now uh, are not always in concert. They're, they're occasionally going to be in conflict. You know, I, I look at some, you know, I have some conversations with some camp parents about how camp at the moment for their children is one of the things they're just holding on to hope about, uh, you know, a sign that everything can be normal, everything can be, uh, can be good, can be fun again. And uh, on the other hand, th that same parent uh, might be someone who is terrified of the idea of undertaking something which is uh, by design the, the very opposite of social distancing. I mean, summer camp is uh, social proximity, you know, amped up to 11. Uh, so those are, those are sort of in, in conflict. My seasonal staff, you know, I want to, uh, I want to hold out the possibility as long as I can for them, but every day I hold out that possibility, if it becomes no, is a day late uh, to make that decision for them. So I find, I do find that it's personally discomforting to me to not be able to, to make decisions that will please everyone equally. And uh, I, I probably knew that about myself already, but this is sort of an all at once with that kind of scenario. Like you said, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities for leadership uh, <laughs> at a time like this, and not all of them have been particularly desired or sought. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, Matt, definitely. So you, you talked a little bit about connecting with your staff and your, your, your parents. H how are you doing? Like, what are you, are you on the everyday email, every week email? Like, how are you communicating out to those families and, and keeping positive? Oh, so we've done, um, we've done a couple of emails, uh, including a, uh, you know, just kind of a two minute video uh, of me just sort of expressing the current situation, which of course is, we don't really know yet because there are still so many moving pieces. And then uh, we've updated, we've you know, created a special page on our website where we put in sort of a list or a log, I guess, a date by date log of decisions that have solidly been made. So we've, we've had certain pre-camp events that we've uh, had to cancel as they've sort of fallen into, the, as that window of, of cancellation has moved you know, forward. Uh, and then, uh, one of the other things we're doing is a, we're doing a weekly virtual campfire, uh, which has been just fun and, uh, and been a bit of a hoot. And that gives us a, an opportunity to re-express, look, here we, we're still here. We're still planning for camp. We're still hoping for camp. Uh, these are decisions that might not be in our hands. Uh, and if the decisions are in our hands, it might be based on things that are way bigger than uh, merely our desire or our, our thoughts about camp. And, um, and then our program director, uh, to whom I married, uh, is responsible for our summer staffing. And she is, uh, she's doing some Zoom calls with our summer staff and just being, uh, you know, I, I think our approach at the moment is not trying to, uh, not trying to sell anything, not trying to give any assurances, not trying to give any false hope, but just being honest. And I think it's a, it's, it's not a hard time to be, uh, to be vulnerable about it because everyone understands the circumstance they're in. It's not like I have to get on a, a on an email or you know on a uh, a video or a Zoom or something and say, "Oh, hey, Mike, you know our camp in particular is really struggling. Let me help you understand the decisions we have to make." All you have to do is say, "Hey, here we are. Just giving you an update," and everyone already has the context. So that's uh, that's one of the small advantages, I suppose, of something that. 
that's troubling everyone all at once. Matt, you, you talked about vulnerability there for a moment, and I found that some of the greatest leaders are the ones who have been vulnerable in the most um, uh, extreme times. Um, uh, you know, I, I, one of my favorite quotes is that, uh, from Winston Churchill about uh, mountaintops inspire leaders uh, and valleys mature them. Uh, so in this valley right now, what are you learning about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm calm and I'm patient. In, uh, in ways that I, I might not have predicted. You know, I, I, I think it's, uh, there's, a, there's a time for, for whatever, whatever we do this time, we have to build a case with which to back our decisions up. You know, we have to be able to say, the reason we're not doing camp are the following 12 reasons, or the reasons we feel comfortable and confident in doing camp are these six things here, uh, and researching that information. So. So at the moment, I, I feel I feel pretty calm uh, about making those decisions when the information all comes together, and comfortable that when I do, they'll be backed up and they'll be they'll be well supported, so I won't have to lose any sleep about whether it's the right decision or not. So that's again maybe not something that's new that I've learned about myself, but something that's certainly being reinforced by the circumstances at the moment. Yeah, it's it's those those qualities, I guess, that um that I talk about with my with our summer staff when we hire them. Uh, one of the things we say is, here's the thing about summer camp: you can't run and you can't hide, uh, and all of your very best qualities will emerge, and all of your very worst qualities will emerge because you are going to be surrounded twenty four seven for a couple of months, maybe three months, and uh, and I think that's that's probably how a lot of camp directors are feeling right now, which is, well, this is, this is bringing out, you know, the, the real priorities that I have. This is showing the things that really do matter to us. So, um, you know, that's a lot of that's been so far, a lot of that's been focused on, on staff and how we can, uh, how we, what, what sacrifices we need to make to keep employed uh, the people who keep this place going as it is. Um, and now that we've settled some of that, uh, our focus now, a lot of our energy now going forward is going to be on our campus. It's like, okay, well, what is it? Uh, what is it that we can offer our campus, whether it's camp pretty normal, camp not really normal, or camp super abnormal. Uh, so that's sort of where our energy is going now. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, it, it shows you shows you for who you are and, uh, and what matters to you. As, as you talked about building that case for your decision-making, uh, and, and Michael knows this about me, I'm going to bring in a John Maxwell quote, uh, no matter what. All the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in, in his book about 21 laws of leadership, one of the laws is the law of timing. And, uh, you know, he makes a case that uh, only the right action at the right time will bring success. And, and that's exactly what you're describing is you're trying to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, you, you talked about just being honest and vulnerable again uh, to make that decision at the right time. And that's where your, your uh, clear leadership will come through. It, it, it sounds like you're, you know, almost thriving from this experience. Am I incorrect about that? Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as thriving. Um, but uh, it's, it's, Different. I mean, I think I always think that uh, you know, and you guys might be able to relate to this as you as you are about to, to stumble upon the camp season. 
the pre-camp season's pretty tiring. There's so much to do. And sometimes it comes with that anxiety of, oh man, it's, it's like late May and I'm exhausted and here comes camp. How am I going to do it? And then camp arrives and with it comes its own natural energy. You know, the staff bring their energy, the campers bring their energy. I think problems and opportunities create energy like an adrenaline in a, in a way. And this situation in, in all the, uh, in all the small and big ways comes with its own energy. So I'm struggling. I think like everyone is with the, the fire hose of, of, of information that's, uh, that's coming because so many people, so many institutions are trying to be helpful. But, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, the energy that is required for it is coming naturally to me for the time being. It would be, you know, if it was a crisis that emerged during camp, same thing, you know, the, the energy required would come. And that's something that I, I think I lose faith in sometimes in the off season uh, of camp. You know, you get, uh, I particularly get really low energy in, you know, late January, mid-February in Michigan when you're going on three weeks straight of completely gray days and you haven't seen the sun and you don't know what time of day it is. And, you know, I think how on earth do I pull off something like the energy required at camp? But I forget uh, sometimes and have to be reminded that, um, that the circumstances bring the energy. Uh, you've, just got to, you've just got to embrace it. You've just got to be uh, open to, uh, to, to the opportunities that it, that it gives you. I love the, the fire hose analogy. Yeah, and you got to figure a way to, to only to turn it down. You still need the information, but hearing it when you wake up in the morning and then I don't know, in New York here with Al and I, every around lunch, around lunchtime, you know, Governor Cuomo comes on and there's mm -hmm. an hour. And then the president comes on at like five o'clock, six o'clock. And then yeah, yeah. the nightly news and how you, how you intake that and, and being mentally healthy is really, really important and, and making sure that balance is, is there. Yesterday I blew off work. It was gorgeous. I just went out for a walk with my family for an hour and a half Yeah, because it just had to do it, you know? I hear you. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we've been doing, uh, and this, this is really a credit to my wife, is with our, with our daughters, we've been going out each afternoon um, uh, into the camp. We live at camp. And uh, for a couple of hours, just doing a, a manual project of some kind. We've cleaned up a couple of areas of camp of, you know, brush and broken branches. And, and that's been, uh, it's been really, really good for our mental health, as well as really good for cleaning up the camp we've found. Uh, so that's been, uh, that's been an important, an important part of it. And then one of the other important parts, I think, for the, uh, for the fire hose uh, sort of thing is relying on, on, on my network somewhat. So uh, to give a specific example, as a nonprofit, well, as a small business, doesn't matter that we're nonprofit, but uh, as a small business, I, I cannot count the, the emails and the information I've received about, uh, you know, this PPP, the payroll protection program loans, dozens and dozens and dozens of emails unique emails from unique individuals or organizations telling us about it and how to apply and all of them are slightly different you know all of them have a slightly <laughs> different take on it um and so i've been able to rely on our board's treasurer who's a finance guy uh who reads this stuff day in day out and uh and is able to uh wade through uh, the intricacies of it much better than I am. And he's been more than happy to sort of step out of his own reality into the camp world for a little bit to, to have conversations with me to help me understand, you know, which, 
which things apply and uh, what the audit period needs to be for the uh, the average payroll and do we count our summer staff or do we exclude our summer staff and, and all that sort of stuff. So knowing, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we teach kids at camp about resilience is not, not just, uh, not just their own intrinsic characteristics, but also the characteristics that they have by way of their relationships uh, to other people. You know, they have, we all have our own strengths, but we also have each other's strengths uh, if we know who to lean on for what. Yeah, that's awesome. Using using those volunteers are, are hugely important. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So come on back with, with Matt, Al, and I. Thanks, everybody. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. All right, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us, Al. Uh, go ahead. So Matt, I, I saw in your bio that you had uh, a child protection caseworker background as well as being a camp director now. Um, do you have a particular concern for families at this point in time throughout this crisis? Yeah, uh, Al, I really do. This is, um, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, in my quiet moments when I'm thinking about what's going on in the lives of uh, uh, children and families right now, this is one of the things that uh, that breaks my heart because there's a really limited sense of agency uh, about what can be done about it uh, in a social distancing context. But we have heard, I know, from various news sources, and, and maybe maybe some of this comes from Australia because I follow Australian news as well, that there is, during, uh, during this lockdown scenario, there is an increase in domestic violence. And that on its own is, is problematic for children. But the same thing would be going on uh, in terms of uh, in terms of child abuse, and it's not because, for the most part, parents who do this uh, are malicious or ill-willed. It's because the opportunities uh, for people to make bad choices are absolutely multiplied. Most of the people I worked with in in the years that I worked in in child protection uh, revealed to me. Uh, while there are some monsters out there in the world, most people who hurt children haven't woken up that day with any intention of hurting a child. We have bad patterns. We have boundaries and relationships that get overstepped. We have uh, unfortunate circumstances of, you know, untreated or undiagnosed uh, mental health for, for parents and, and other family members. Uh, couple that with substance abuse prob uh, problems. And... And you get into scenarios where kids get on the receiving end of adults making pretty poor choices. So that's, that's a concern uh, that I have. And I know that if, uh, if camps are able to run in any, in any particularly normal way this year, that I think there'll be a, a very big uptick in the amount of disclosures that children are going to be making to their counselors about things that have happened at home. I think, uh, I think we're going to find a lot of camp staff doing more reporting to, to their respective child protective service agencies than we have previously. I would love, love to be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not. 
You know, it, it, it's fascinating. Earlier, you talked about, uh, you know, building a case to bring back camp uh, as part of the decision making process. It seems like that's, you know, one big aspect is, you know, the, the amount of time that families are spending together versus what they normally do because of the school day, the work day uh, in, in, you know, pre-COVID times. I appreciate that aspect of, of how you focus on that. How are you seeing um, uh, your leadership, your group that you work with uh, step up that might be surprising to you right now? I think I'd like to say I'm not surprised because I know these folks pretty well, but I'm, but I'm impressed. One of the things that's, uh, that I was really pleased about was we, you know, we scanned forward to, uh, financially to figure out how can, we, how can we survive this? How can we get through at least the next six months with potentially no income? And uh, when we had our staff meeting and I, and I delivered the, the news of salary reductions from, uh, for myself and, and for other salary employees, but also limits uh, ceilings on hours for our hourly employees. You know, not a not an eye was batted. Uh, you know, everyone sort of nodded and accepted that this is what we're going to do for each other. We're all going to make a make a sacrifice for each other because uh, we believe in this place and we believe that that we're the people who will be able to bring it back with strength at the other side of this. So I was very impressed with that. And then what we've been doing is reprioritizing. What are all the things that we can do that don't cost money? <laughs> um, well, we, we're, we're very fortunate. We have a nearly infinite maintenance task list. So there's, there's some that are going to be very expensive and some that are not. Uh, so it's just a, a matter of reprioritizing. But our, um, our more program-oriented staff, even without, without needing sort of direction or inspiration from me, have just started trying to come up with virtual programming. Uh, with programming at our camp uh, where people can perhaps come and yet be socially distanced uh, from each other. So we're, we're not so far from population at, at my camp. And one of the things that we've been doing is using Sign Up Genius to allow families to sign up for like a two-hour block where they come in and they just hike around. We have 156 acres of you know, woods and fields and pond and what have you. And, uh, and so families have been able to come in and, and get some fresh air and stay socially distanced from each other. So coming up with lots of ideas like that has been, uh, has been fun. And uh, some, of them, some of them are a little absurd, but we're coming up with a lot of, a lot of ideas and, and some of them will prove good, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm curious, is that uh, like the, the, the signups for the, for the hikes and things like that, is, is that something that you'd keep after the crisis is over? Is that, you know, it sounds like that's, a great connection. If you're close enough that families can sign up to come and spend a couple hours on your property, uh, would you consider holding on to some of these uh, new practices? Yeah, in fact, there's been a few things uh, like that uh, where we've, as we've done it with, with, or as we've thought about it, thought about the logistics of a different idea, uh, we've said to ourselves, this would work in regular times. Like this would be the way that we do it. Uh, we've never really sort of closed off the camp for people to just coming to wander around, but neither have we promoted it because we don't want to just, we don't want to be sort of uh, out there doing a project at camp and have like 50 people just drive in randomly. But this way of scheduling it and putting just a light structure on it is, you know, so simple. And so it's one of those things that we feel like, oh, this is a way we'll keep committing, uh, 
keep connecting with the uh, local community even once we're on the other side of this. So yeah, that's, that's a really insightful question. We've had that exact, that exact thought. That's amazing. I, it's funny, Matt, I, I never thought of that. And I have a similar camp property that is 20 acres of just fenced gate and, you mm-hmm. know, setting that up for people to be able to come in and utilize it would, would be a, an opportunity. So yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. Um, so Matt, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, let us know if we missed anything, tell us how somebody can get a hold of you. Uh, so uh, you can reach me. Um, my contact details will all be at our website, which is uh, campskyline.org. Uh, there is a campskyline.com, but that's a, that's a, I believe it's a girls camp. Ours is co-ed. It's a girls camp, I think, in Alabama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, once a summer, we get a call from someone asking about their kid, and we don't have their kid. Oh, no. Oh my. It's, a, it's about a minute of it's a, a minute panic. of panic. It's like, how's, how's, how's Michael Garcia doing? It's like, I haven't even heard of Michael Garcia. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a different story. Yeah, Campskyline.org uh, is, is where you can find us. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is anything that's, that's, uh, that you missed. I'm, I'm enjoying watching people emerge uh, like yourselves with this podcast with just different ways to hear different voices in this camp community. I, uh, like you, Michael, I'm a, a standards chair for for ACA and the reason that I love being involved in ACA is that it's like a backstage pass. It gives you so much access. It gives you so many opportunities to meet other folks who do this camp thing, uh, who love it. And, and everyone's got insights that, uh, that you can't get from someone else. Everyone's got something uh, of value that you've never heard before. And, uh, and so it's just fascinating. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad to, glad to chat with you guys. I'll be happy to do so again if you run into holes in the account. And uh, I look forward to this developing for you. I think it's a great resource and thanks for doing it. No, thank you. I, I, our goal is hopefully in next six to nine months, do a follow-up with all these, all these camps that we're talking to now and say, Hey, how'd your summer go? What happened? How did did it work out? Both of us are standards chairs and standards nerds. Al is a standards nerd up here. He is our LCOL chair for ACA. So upstate New York, we're big uh, ACA junkies here. And I think uh, I'm pretty sure this might be, this is, I'm not getting paid to say this in any way, shape or form, but you can get a free membership to the ACA. If you just go on to uh, their website and, for those who aren't uh, uh, members in the camp community, ACA is the American Camp Association. Yes. And you can, uh, acacamps.org is their website. All right. Well, Matt, thanks again. Uh, hey, no problem. You're welcome. Stay healthy, stay well, and I'll, I'll talk to you later. You too. Look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Take it easy. Thanks to our friends at Expert Online Trading for supporting the Youth Development Professional Guidebook Podcast. Al, you used Expert Online Training at your summer camp. I did, actually. I used them for several seasons at the last camp that I was the executive director. When we were trying to decide the items that we would present during our staff orientation week, there were so many things that we left out. And when expert online training came along, it was like, oh, we can do this ahead of camp. And then people come in and they're already prepared. We even added on to our our support staff, our directing team, components so that we'd all be on the same page prior to doing our support staff training as well. It just really made a huge difference. And Expert Online Training has some great folks who present uh, the kind of people that you'd want to see at conferences or that you do make time to see at the different conferences throughout the year. That sounds so awesome. I've been searching and looking for a program this summer for my camp 
And uh, I'm going to choose Expert Online Training. It's a reasonable price. I, I love what it has to offer. So if you're interested in looking for the highest quality online training for your youth programs, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Thanks again for all their support. Welcome back. And now for our final wrap up, Al, what's one of the main takeaways from today? You know, it, it is absolutely amazing how uh, Matt just talked about so many great leadership points in there. Uh, you know, I mentioned the one uh, John Maxwell law of leadership that he mentioned, but he gave examples about five or six different ones throughout there. I think the takeaway that I had the most is in this world of social distancing, uh, his quote was, summer camp is all about social proximity. And because it's all at once, it all happens in that, you know, uh, 15 by 25 foot cabin space with eight leaders and uh, or eight kids and two leaders. And, you know, he, he really defined, you know, part of the case in how to move camp forward, you know, part of that decision making. So I, I, I loved his thoughtful insightfulness about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I actually uh, pulled two nuggets for this one. I, I love one of the things he said when we asked about his leadership staff, he says, not surprised, but impressed. And I think that's, you know, if you have the right team and if they can still impress you, right, that's, that's a huge part. And for them, you know, he wasn't surprised at the, his amazing staff. I think he was just really impressed at the way they're handling everything and how they've, they stepped up to lead by saying it's okay for us to take the hit, right? I mean, let's be honest, it's as much as camp's a, a mission and a vision for us, there's a financial component that we need to live and pay our bills and, and all of those components, but them understanding and taking that, that pressure and, and accepting that pressure off is, has been a huge part. And I, the, second, the second one is that, and we're nonprofit guys, Al, so, but getting the volunteers involved, you know, one of his uh, volunteers is, works in the financial area and stepped up to help with the application and, and he's using his volunteers. And I think that's important. We're not in a silo as, as a lot of times we feel like we might be in a silo because we don't physically see each other and we don't physically uh, shake hands. And, you know, we could probably have a whole 25 minute conversation on if shaking hands is going to be the comeback in the States, but, you know, we're not connecting in that, but using people as resources and their skills is a huge, huge part. And, and I, I love those two components as, as well as a lot of what Matt said. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed having him on. Matt, Matt just was truly an inspiring leader who's making a difference in his community as well. Uh, and I, I, I love what he's doing for the folks that are there. Yeah. So uh, I, thanks again for listening. We're, we're really excited to be making these and and we hope you're enjoying them if uh you, you need anything from us go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and and send us an email if you want to be featured or whatever makes you comfortable thanks everybody bye <laughs>